Our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Baluga, did you hear that? That's your moose asking for Manscaped. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which is fantastic as it reduces those scary nicks and cuts to your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside the Perfect Package 3.0, which includes Manscaped's Crop Preserver, that's a ball deodorant, and a Crop Reviver, that's a ball-toning spray, both super practical, oh, and they smell great too. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts. That's right, two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. But that's not all, guys. You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. All you got to do is use the promo code THEATHLETIC20. From the moose to your caboose, always use the right tools for the job. For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we will look ahead to this year's 2020 NFL season. I think everybody is chomping at the bit to get this thing underway, and it seems like, for the most part, teams are following protocols, and we are going to get the season in, at least fingers crossed as I record this that that's going to happen. We're going to talk to our own NFL senior writer, Lindsey Jones. You can also hear her on the Football Show podcast. She does a fantastic job covering the NFL from the AFC West to the NFC East. We'll try to cover all the bases here on today's show. It's Monday, September 7th. It's a pleasure now to welcome in senior writer for The Athletic. She covers the NFL here for The Athletic, Lindsay Jones. You hear her on the football show. It's a podcast here on The Athletic. And now we're going to talk some football with her. Lindsay, welcome to The Update. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. I am very excited to talk about football. I've basically been writing about nothing but COVID for the last month. So yeah, let's talk about some football. Well, the reason I wanted to have you on about the football discussion and not the COVID one was because over the offseason, I was following like every week, you were kind of the, how did this transaction help this team? What is the impact of this move on this team? And I figure why not do a little whip around sort of a mailbag live version with you on the update? So why don't we start with some AFC West talk? We're going to focus a lot later this week on the 49ers and on the Raiders, but I figured why don't we talk about some of the other teams? So number one in the AFC for me, and it's not the number one question or burning question, but I'm looking at teams in the AFC West that could challenge the defense. Super Bowl champions and seems to me like the Denver Broncos are pretty high on Drew Locke. They bring in Melvin Gordon. Is there a team in the AFC West that can finish above 500 or maybe make a run at the postseason outside of the Chiefs? I think those are kind of two separate issues. One, I think there are probably a couple teams in the AFC West that could be in that nine and seven, maybe 10 and six if everything goes well range. And that should put them squarely in the playoff hunt, especially with a seventh playoff team, you know, an extra wild card team that's going to be in the postseason this year. That said, I don't think anybody is catching the Chiefs. I guess they're separate conversations. So, you know, so I live in Denver because I'm not traveling to training camps, you know, this time, In a normal year, I probably would have spent a couple days with the Raiders and a couple days with the Niners and a couple days with the Chargers and the Rams and done a whole West Coast swing. But that's not happening this year because of COVID. So the Broncos are the only team that I've seen in person because their training facility is about five miles from my house. And so I've been able to watch them in person. And I will say people in Denver and within the national media are really high on this Broncos team. And 
I think that can be real dangerous. You know, I think there's so much that's unproven offensively about this group, but there is a lot to like about their personnel and about the plan and about the fact that for the first time since 2016, they really have a set plan at quarterback. They really like their young guy, but he is so green, Drew Locke. I mean, he played five games last year as a rookie. The Broncos went four and one in those games, which was great. And there was a lot that they liked about what they saw there, but it's such a small sample size. And then this has been such an unconventional offseason and the Broncos fired their old offensive coordinator, their old quarterbacks coach. So new system, new coordinator, new coach, a whole bunch of new teammates for Drew Locke with a limited offseason makes me a little cautious. I mean, I get a lot of questions You know, when people know him in Denver, they ask, you know, okay, well, what's the ceiling now for Drew Locke? You know, could he make this giant year two leap? You know, we saw Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson win MVP awards in their second season. And I don't think that is fair to anybody to have that sort of expectations for Drew Locke in year two. And that's what's so funny now about the AFC is for years, for, I mean, literally decades, we looked at the AFC, we just said, well, it's the Patriots and who's going to challenge the Patriots? Is it going to be the Broncos or the Steelers? And now I think you're right. I think we kind of look at the AFC and we go, it's kind of two teams coming out of there. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and it's the Ravens and then sort of everybody else. But I wonder about the teams that could compete with them. Like the Buffalo Bills are one of those teams that I think people look at and they say, this is kind of a trendy team. They made a little bit of a run last year and they blew a lead in the postseason in wildcard weekend. Are the Bills a legitimate contender and are they a team that could pull the Tennessee Titans and sort of rattle some cages when they get to the postseason? Yeah, potentially. I mean, there's so much that I like about their kind of their overall plan and the way that they've built that team over several years. I'm not 100% sold on Josh Allen as the guy. I mean, I think he's shown flashes here and there, but as a guy to consistently lean on week to week to go out and win games for you passing if he has to. I love him for like fantasy purposes. I would totally draft him in a fantasy league, but he <laughs> makes me a little bit nervous in terms of like the guy that you need to lead a team deep into the playoffs. I do like their line. I like a lot about their defense. I really like Sean McDermott as a coach. I didn't love the Stefan Diggs trade because of the value, because of what they had to give up to get him. I do like having him in that offense. I just wish that the value would have been a little bit better, that they didn't have to give up quite as much to Minnesota to get him there. So, you know, I think they are going to be good. They're the team that I have picked. We had to send in our season predictions the other day. They haven't published yet, but they were the team I picked to win the AFC East. And I think a lot of that is because I'm just very unsure about what's going to happen with the Patriots. You know, I think that they're a team that could make the playoffs. I don't see them in that tier with the Chiefs and the Ravens right now. I mean, I think there's very clearly the Chiefs and the Ravens are the two best teams in the AFC. And yes, the Ravens did get knocked out of the playoffs earlier last year, uh, early last year by the Titans. But I think they made some pretty significant offseason changes. And I just think that offense there in Baltimore is going to keep getting better. So we didn't get that as our AFC championship game last year. And you know, I think football fans, we deserve that. Let's let us have Chiefs Ravens. I like that. We deserve it. Give us Chiefs Ravens. We deserve that. We got that Chiefs and Rams game on Monday night a couple of years ago that was the electric one we all wanted. So I'm with you. You want to see the high power teams go up against each other. But I do think there are some fringe teams in the AFC that maybe weren't 
up to snuff last year that have, have improved. I look at the Colts as a team. They bring in Phillip Rivers, DeForest Buckner, Justin Houston is there, Malik Hooker's there, Xavier Rhodes, Darius Leonard. Is this a team that you think could really surprise some people? I know last year, the retirement of Andrew Luck and then switching to Jacoby Brissett, who for the first part of the year was okay, then he got hurt and Hoyer comes. It was just not as good as I don't think they wanted it to be. But I look at the Colts as a team that because of that defense, because of what they've done now in acquiring DeForest Buckner, could really cause problems for other teams. Yeah, absolutely. They had one of my favorite off-seasons of any team in the NFL. I loved the DeForest Buckner trade. I mean, just absolutely loved it. He's exactly the type of player that they needed defensively. The value was really good there. It was totally worth giving up a first-round pick for a young, very elite defensive lineman. So he's the type of player that's just transformational. He's going to change everything that they're able to do defensively. I mean, I wouldn't quite put him in the Aaron Donald category, but maybe just one slight tier below Aaron Donald. And I also, from the Niners perspective, I understand why the Niners traded him. He was their most tradable asset there in terms of a guy that they could move get a first round pick back. They weren't going to be able to pay all those guys. They could get Eric Armstead at a little bit less money than they were would have had to pay, eventually had to pay Buckner. So I get it. I get that deal from both sides, but I freaking love it for the Colts. And I like the Phillip Rivers edition too. And it's going to be really fun to see him play behind a really good offensive line and with a quality group of skill position players. You know, hopefully he doesn't have to do too much. You know, he was such a kind of YOLO guy, right? And in the Chargers, especially over the (laughs) last couple of years and not always making the best decisions, especially late in games. And they might be able to rely more on their running game there. And, you know, T.Y. Hilton is super underrated wide receiver. So I like the Colts. I'm, you know, I'm still kind of in that same category here where I think they're going to win that division. I think they're going to be the best team in the AFC South. I have so many questions just foundationally about who the Texans are and what they're doing. So I think the Colts are going to be the best team in the AFC South. I still don't think they're in that tier with the Chiefs. I'm just excited that we're talking about different teams when it comes to the AFC, right? I mean, how many of these like preview pods have we done over the years and preview stories where it's just all about the Patriots? And it was like, you could just write the Patriots into winning the AFC East, making it to the AFC championship game because they were going to get either the number one or the number two seed. I just love for the NFL that all of a sudden there's new teams to be talking about. And we're talking about a potential new dynasty with the Chiefs and no longer the Patriots being the, the one dominant team in that conference. I'm totally with you. I love that it's different teams we get to discuss. And it's also because I think even with the teams at the top, and you mentioned the Chiefs and of course the Ravens, I think with the Ravens, because the jury's kind of still out on the playoff performance of Lamar Jackson, you mentioned them getting bounced last year by Tennessee. I think we still sort of go, well, if he gets in, can he get it done? Can he get over that hump? Is it going to be the Peyton Manning who takes forever in the postseason to finally get over the hump? But I'm with you. I like that we're discussing different teams. I do want to jump a little bit to the NFC here because we talked about a bunch of AFC teams and the Eagles are a team that I think are kind of intriguing. Right, They went a Super Bowl a couple years ago behind Nick Foles. Carson Wentz is this guy who was one of the favorites to be a an MVP, I think, right? As, as far as an anchor of an offense, a quarterback that could take you all the way. But it seems to me this year maybe that people aren't as high on him. And I, and I wonder about that. I know the injuries have been a problem, but they've got Jalen Rieger. They bring in Quez Watkins at the receiving position. I think he's got a little bit of a better sort of speedier offense than he's had in the past. What do you think about the Eagles behind Carson Wentz? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get sucked into the Carson Wentz 
MVP hype again. I was right here last year and I got burned. So I'm not I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there right now. Um it was clear that they knew that they had receiving issues last year. It was frustrating, I think, to watch that they built this entire plan around Deshaun Jackson, who is a nice player, but older injury history, and then he got hurt, and they had no way to kind of account for losing their one speed guy. And, you know, and now, you know, so they went and they got Jalen Rager as a rookie wide receiver who should have that speed, but now he's hurt. We'll see exactly how ready he'll be for the regular season. And wide receiver's really hard for all rookies in a regular year, and this is so far from a regular year, so I'm going to temper my expectations for him as well. So They've had a lot of injuries. I think they've probably dealt with more random adversity. I mean, they had to spend a couple weeks of training camp or at least a week of training camp without Doug Peterson because he tested positive for COVID. They've already had some offensive line injuries during training camp. So I'm going to temper my expectations for the Eagles. I could see them being a wild card team this year, but I'm not super high on them as like the favorite to win that division. I'm with you. For me, it's kind of the Cowboys and then everybody else. I think it's an uphill battle for the Eagles, but uh, we can't let you go without talking about the new look Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? And and being that I'm a 49er fan and I'm out here in San Francisco, I always kind of like watch Brady from afar. I was like, oh, he's getting it done out there. That's kind of cool. You know, you compare him to Joe Montana. Now he's in our backyard, right? Now he's in the NFC. Now he's, you know, like the NFC wasn't difficult enough for the 49ers last year. Now you have to deal with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, who we've seen him do this before with veteran quarterbacks. He took Carson Palmer after he was with the Raiders and took him all the way to the NFC Championship game. They had like a 13-3 and record. We're looking at a receiving core that Brady's maybe never had anything like this before besides Gronk and, and Randy Moss and he's got Gronk in house and they just added Leonard Fournette what do you think about this team is this a legitimate contender this year their defense was pretty good last year I mean they were I mean they weren't like an elite defense but they were serviceable and they made some improvements there as well so I think it's certainly reasonable to get on that hype train I don't blame anybody who is going to buy in and, and want to watch them I still think the Saints are the best team in the NFC South Week one, Saints-Bucks is by far my must-watch game of week one. Like, it's a bummer that there's not going to be fans in the Superdome from that game because that atmosphere would just be incredible. But I spent most of the offseason looking at Brady to the Bucks as kind of a long play here. That I wasn't expecting that, okay, by week one, this is going to be this well-oiled chipped and, and they're going to know what they're doing and they're going to look great in week one just because... You know, it was so much meshing of offensive schemes and figuring out what Brady could do, what Brady wanted to do. Man, the hype train is rolling. And, you know, NFL Network was there every day at Bucks camp. I mean, it was like we had nonstop coverage really from the Bucks. They were one of the teams that seemed to like let media in. Uh, a lot of teams you know, tried to shut shut the cameras out as much as possible. And they're embracing it. They're inviting this in and wanting people to think they're going to be really good. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, the basic rule always has to be don't bet against Tom Brady, right? We've made that mistake time after time again, where the Patriots lose a couple games early and Brady would have one bad game and we would say, that's it, he's too old. So I don't want to make that mistake. I also don't think I want to go too far the other way and, you know, start penciling them in for the Super Bowl. So I probably fall a little bit more in the middle. Maybe I'm a little bit more Debbie Downer about the Bucks right now and still a little bit higher on uh, higher on the Saints. 
everything in our logic, and you just said it tells us you should not be betting against Tom Brady. He's the guy you should be focused on. Look at what he's doing. Look at the weapons he has. Look at the coordinator he has. And yet we still go, I just, I can't do it quite yet. Lindsay, it's been fantastic to talk to you. We're not out of COVID yet, but we are almost out of the off season. So thanks so much for stopping by. We'll have to catch up with you again down the road. For sure. Thanks so much for having me. Really fun conversation, and as Lindsay said, it was nice to talk about some X's and O's, some teams that could be going, maybe a little fantasy touch in there too. That was pretty cool. I think the number one line I took out of that was Philip Rivers. What do they say? Like some guys live life by the seat of their pants. Philip Rivers just has that YOLO mentality, she said. Kind of made me laugh. So good stuff, and we are now just days away from the NFL season kicking off. Niners on Sunday, Raiders on Sunday. We're days away from the NFL season getting going, and we will continue that conversation on Wednesday when we talk to our own Raiders writer to Sean Reed out in Las Vegas. Special thanks today to Brian Smith. Thank you to Lindsey Jones. And thank you to you, the listener. We're having a blast and we've got a lot of fun shows lined up for you as the NFL season is going to get underway. If you're enjoying the podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your family, and make sure you rate, review, subscribe, even leave us a comment if there's something you want to hear about wherever it is you get your podcasts. For full coverage of sports in the Bay Area, subscribe to the update on Google Podcasts. The Athletic is the world's fastest growing sports media publication. Get in-depth sports stories you won't find anywhere else. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting theathletic.com slash Google. Should be a fun week. NFL kicking off Thursday. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday with a little Raider conversation.